Hello and welcome to the Cherry Blossom Cafe podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Williams. This show is all about uncovering life's mysteries about money. If you've ever wondered how other people manage their money or the money mistakes they've made, well, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. We'll uncover these mysteries and more. On this episode, we talk to Kindy Gill. Kindy is the founder of Spark Expansion. Kindy thrives on challenging lives as a professional speaker and transformational coach. Once a CEO responsible for 3,000 people with over 25 years experience in the corporate world, and not to mention that she's a chartered accountant, Kindy is now a facilitator of self-healing Delian method, showing leaders in the home how to lead with ease. She also helps corporations with the missing link in their culture, the link that aids productivity and achieves sustainable loyalty and creativity. Welcome, Kindy. I'm so excited that we're talking this morning, Kindy. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. I'm so happy to be here, Lynn. Awesome. So what we're going to do is just go through a few questions to help unfold the mysteries of money in your world. Okay. (laughs) And the uh, first question I always like to ask is, what was your first job? Um, Paid or unpaid? Oh, (laughs) I guess what was your first paid job? Uh, my first paid job was as a child, and I would, in the summer, go to a farm and pick peas. Oh, wow. Did you like picking peas? No. <laughs> <laughs> How long did that job last? <laughs> um, I think it went on for a couple of summers. Oh, my mum would you. actually uh, dress up our hair and everything mm-hmm. and, and uh, set it all in place so that when we had to wake up early to go to the farm the following morning yep. that we didn't have all the hassle of having to get ready yeah and then yeah. we'd go off great That's yeah fun. it's a nice memory though still it's an interesting memory because it connects me with where my parents started oh, right. because in India they were farmers mm-hmm. and so when they came to England a lot of the people that were still trying to make a living out of manual work mm-hmm would go and be the workforce at the local farms. Yeah. And so it was the thing that they knew. Yeah. And I guess it was the natural place to start. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. So So then how did you get started in your profession and your business? Um, So clearly from that experience I'm just sharing with you, hard manual work is going to be a tough, tough life. Mm -hmm. And, um, And I knew that I wanted to be educated. So at the age of about 14 years old, I decided that I was going to become a chartered accountant. Um, I had this sort of targeted thing. This is where I'm heading. I really wanted to be a teacher, but I'd been told I couldn't go to university. So this chartered accountancy thing I could do by not going to university. Mm. So I worked during the day as an apprentice and then I would study in the evenings for right. four or five hours. Oh, good for every you. Every day wow. until so, I did the exams. Yeah, good for you. That's mm. awesome. Hard work. Yeah, hard work. So then once you started gaining some momentum in your career and you had a bit of money, you know, how did you start handling your money and then your wealth? Uh, it was a bizarre thing. Mm. 
to have the sort of wealth that I was beginning to generate. Mm -hmm. At the early stages, it was just to be in a career and to take responsibility for doing something meaningful. And I really wanted to do a very, very good job for the person that I was working for. Mm -hmm. So aspirationally, I just used to have like a tiny little target. Oh, I think I'd like to earn... I remember the very first time with my colleagues, I remember saying, my vision is to earn 35,000. And people looked at me goggle-eyed as to like, why is your limit so low? Mm. But that felt like a huge amount of money Mm -hmm. because of the background that we came from. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, So at the initial stages, when I started to receive more and more money, it was a bit of a shock Mm. because I wasn't really expecting it. Yeah. And I had an attitude from young, from my the way my parents were, to save. Mm. So as the money showed up, there was this sort of sense of, oh, I'll put a lot of it away for a rainy day. Yeah. So there was this very structured approach. As money comes in, then I'll actually put a lot of it away. And then eventually I started to sort of step into, okay, like, oh, I can buy something a little bit more expensive than I'm used to. Yeah. And and then the stretch started to arise in terms of spending more. Yeah. So once you started to spend more or have more money, did mm. you make any big money mistakes? The biggest money mistake I made was with the stock market. Mm. Because I had the chartered accountancy background, I had this silly sense that I knew what I was doing when it came to the stock market. And... Um, it's easy putting the money in and it's lovely making the profits, but it's pretty, uh, uh, you put your head into the sand as soon as a stock goes the other way and then you don't know how to pull your money out or Mm. the discretion to actually go, okay, I've taken a loss, I'm getting out now. Mm. So my biggest mistakes were definitely made with the stock market. So when you say um, getting out, waiting too long because the stock was actually tanking or yeah the stock was already plummeting from the purchase price Mm. and that's whatever that small loss was at the outset something in me would say I can't pull my money out because I've lost money on this Mm. and yet then staying in there meant that I lost even more over Mm -hmm. the longer term yeah so it was it was that that was the silliest mistakes that Mm -hmm. I've made and did you try to do it on your own would you do or were you getting advice I went on a course and oh, thought I'd become okay. an expert. All <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> and uh, and learned all about the graphing and and the yeah. points to get out, etc. Yeah. But of course, you're not a, you're not a professional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that I think has to be my biggest mistakes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So, do you have a take on investing? Like, what is your investing philosophy now? Well, from young, it's always been put something aside. Mm -hmm. And so interestingly, every January, on January 1st, I would go and put some money in the bank Mm -hmm. as a sort of intention for the year that that I would be saving. So I've done that all my life. And then when I was earning a lot of money, a big percentage of it used to just go straight into savings. Mm -hmm. And so that would then be spread. There'd be be things that were um, done that were sort of like for the children, for their education into the future. Mm -hmm. I would invest in... um, uh, sort of they're called ISAs and the, the equivalent of TFSAs and those type of things. Yep. And tax um, sheltered. Tax yeah. shelters mm-hmm. and unit trusts and those type of things. 
I would do progressively. And it was just spread out, mm -hmm. some in the bank, some into certain investments, some on the, on the stock market, yep. some into the pension. Yep. So yep. it would, work. It would yep. just be evenly spread out. Yep. And I'm so grateful that I did because now, theoretically, the pension has been built up strong enough that I really don't need to work. Mm. And so it's it, – and when I pull that out – there's that comfort mm -hmm. that I'm already provided for. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I started that at a very young age. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic advice. So a few things in there. One, you diversified. Yes. Two, you started young. Yes. So you're benefiting now, you know, and still at a very young age. Yes. And, uh, and, and three, it's uh, patience. A lot of patience. More or less, you've put the money away. It's no longer yours. So there's that mentality that says, if it's not mine, I'm not going to touch it. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I had right from the outside was other than the mortgage, which would, was a debt, um, outside of that, I didn't believe in debts. Mm. So even though I use a credit card, I would pay the credit card off every mm -hmm. month mm -hmm. in full mm -hmm. and never incur any interest costs with the organizations. Yeah. And it's just become a principle yeah. to live by yeah. so that you don't go into too deep with things. Mm -hmm. I think that's really so true it is what is our belief around using credit or around using debt or even what is our belief around our investing has such an influence on us you know today as well as what it how it impacts us down the track absolutely because things can catch up with you if you believe that you can live off of a credit card mm. and then you've maxed them out and then you look for another credit card before you know it You've, you've accumulated so much around you that you don't know what you're actually how you're going to rescue yourself out of that. Mm -hmm. So if at the beginning you have a discipline that says I'm not spending something that isn't mine, mm -hmm. then it, then you're covered. And rainy days do arise. Mm -hmm. um, there was a period of time where um, my husband uh, got laid off and therefore um, we needed to sort of basically rely on our reserves and those things don't become a panic then for you yeah. when you've been smart about making sure that you've been putting money aside. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to be destabilized because life will always bring in curveballs mm -hmm. at some point in time. Yeah, that's so true, isn't yeah. it? Wow. Um, how do your kids factor into your financial planning? The schooling was very important to me. Mm -hmm. So that was part of the financial planning to make sure that I'd covered uh, their private education and their university fees, and then the second degrees of their responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> the first one I felt was mine. Yeah. In terms of them having access to the money, it's been, um, I don't believe in giving money too young to children mm -hmm. because it can all be misused and it can give you the wrong type of power, mm -hmm. and that wrong type of power gives you wrong confidence and then silly things begin to happen. So in our will, we've got it structured so that they, they get access to it at a certain age, mm -hmm. and, and preferably by that age, they will have used their own creative resources to become um, sound in their own uh, lives anyway. Mm -hmm. And But I did want them to get an understanding as to the flow, the back and, flow, back and forth of money. Mm -hmm. Money comes in and money goes out. Yeah. So quite an early age, they had their own bank accounts. And they, they were putting money in it so that they understood how they were accumulating. And then it came to a point when they were given their own credit cards. And then they had the responsibility of then 
fending for their own credit cards. And so they're managing their own bank balances in that way Mm -hmm. so that that became something that was an education alongside what the school was doing. Mm -hmm. So that all that numeracy that they're getting in the classroom, Mm -hmm. it turned into something realistic Mm -hmm. and meaningful in real life for them. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. What is your take on philanthropy? That is an interesting concept because a lot of people have an idea that if we are philanthropic, then because we are becoming philanthropic, that that karmically that's going to come back to us in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if people are are philanthropic for those reasons, those are the wrong reasons Mm -hmm. because there's still a vested interest about wanting something back for Mm -hmm. yourself. So I tend to look at things where I can empower people. So if there's something that I can do or facilitate that helps to empower somebody and cash is required to make that happen, then I'm very happy to do that. But it's about making sure that somebody's lot becomes a little bit more. Mm. So I sponsor a child in India, that type of thing. Um, I'll do things here locally mm-hmm. that are about giving people tools mm-hmm. and education yep. that they can become more. Mm-hmm. That's a fantastic way of looking at it. Yeah. It's not just about giving cash and no, it's a, and a handout. It's about how do I help leave that situation in a better situation so that I can see them grow as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in the early days I did simple things like I would go to India and, and, uh, you know, have a house built or I remember we we built a a room in an orphanage and put lighting in there and various things for people that were underprivileged. I helped to um, fund um, women that didn't have an education so that they could be taught how to become seamstresses. Mm. And then as they became taught in that skill then mm-hmm. they were able to provide for themselves mm-hmm. so it's always about helping them to become more than they already are mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. fantastic what a great philosophy so what is one piece of advice you would give your kids about money not to chase it mm-hmm. that would be one important advice it comes and it goes mm-hmm. and so therefore to understand the flow of of money mm-hmm. um And because it comes and goes, the emphasis shouldn't be on money itself. Mm -hmm. It should be more about how are you contributing? What are you doing on the planet? How is your soul being nurtured? Do you feel fulfilled? Are you doing something you enjoy? And then as a result of all of that, the byproduct can be the exchange Mm -hmm. and the money. Mm -hmm. So my kids constantly here (laughs) spend it if you've made it (laughs) enjoy your life whilst you can because I think that's really really important yes so that you don't become a hoarder Mm -hmm. and you're not attempting to be miserly with it Mm -hmm. because money is the same as any other energy flow if you hold on to it too tight it will disappear Mm -hmm. Um, but if you put it into the society and into the economy Mm -hmm. there's a flow around it and constantly you can create. Yeah. So if you run out, you can create more because mm-hmm. there's enough resources in all of us to mm-hmm. be able to create. Yes. I couldn't agree more. I often say you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Very true. So looking back on your life, is there one piece of advice you would give your younger self about money? Biggest piece would be how I fell into the rat race mm-hmm. and did believe that money had a lot of value and that it denoted my self-worth. Mm-hmm. So my younger self definitely needed needed to be educated on the fact that I as an individual had value Mm. and the money was not where the value Mm -hmm. lay. Mm -hmm. Also, my younger self did become um, 
at a point thinking that money equated power, mm-hmm. and that also isn't true, mm-hmm. even though people do misuse their power when they have wealth. Mm-hmm. So I would like to guide my younger self to snap out of that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. Yeah, We tend to get caught up in the making of money as opposed to who do we want to be as people? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and part of it is the educational system, the society and everything around mm-hmm. our, about our environment is mm-hmm. very much success driven. Very true. And so we're automated to yeah. be success, success seekers. Yes. And with it, we become very competitive, et cetera. And we yes. don't actually understand why we've fallen into that rate mm-hmm. race. Mm-hmm. So it does take a little bit of wisdom to understand mm-hmm. that that is not the game that yes. we're part of. Yes. Um, so it's, I guess my younger child version of me didn't understand that at mm-hmm. the time. And, I, and still we're learning that because often our society is saying you'll be happy when, yes. you'll be successful when. That's right. As opposed to the journey That's of right. becoming yes. successful or becoming a master yeah. at something that you're loving to do or a master at your career or a master at even creating a family you know it's other values other than simply um and creating a family you're not going to get paid for it it's Mm -hmm. 24 hours seven 24 7 post that you have for Mm -hmm. basically the rest of your life yeah you're not going to get paid for it but it's one of the most rewarding things that you can ever be engaged in Mm -hmm. so these are the values that people need to understand at a younger age yeah yeah, it's yeah. a very good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, do you have one piece of advice that you would give your older self about money? My older self, the advice really would be around trust. Mm-hmm. That there is no need to worry about your survival. Mm-hmm. Because in the middle part of my career, there came a point where... Um, once the money was there, there's an anxiety about how do I look after it mm-hmm. and what do I do with it? And and that element of anxiety and worry that is, is associated with money is self-defeating. Mm-hmm. So I think my older self needs to understand the concept of trust and trust all will be well mm-hmm. because it always is. And when you say <laughs> trust, because that can mean a lot of different things to different people, is it trusting yourself? Is it trusting the comfort that you have the confidence or the insight in order to take care of your money? Or is it a combination of a variety of things? It's a combination. Part of it is about trusting that you will always be taken care of. Mm-hmm. The fact that you're on this planet as a human being, you are here to have an experience. And everything that shows up in your life is always going to serve you in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And so even if you have an experience where there's a shortage of money for a while, even that experience you need to trust is helping you to become more resourceful and more creative. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it comes down to your own ability to trust yourself with Mm -hmm. the decisions you're making around it. Mm -hmm. Because if you begin to trust life, you trust yourself more. Mm -hmm. And as you trust yourself more, you will even trust the people that are the specialists that manage money Mm -hmm. And you'll be able to part company with your money easier mm-hmm. as they then look after it. Yeah. So that concept of trust is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very well said. So thank you. Yeah. Thank my you pleasure. for your time. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Cherry Blossom Cafe podcast. You can check out the notes below for links related to this podcast. If there is someone you'd like us to interview, we'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, lifestyleprotector.ca, 
for contact information and more episodes. 